welcome to all our listeners now we will listen to chapter 4 episodes 7 8 and 9 here narayana releases the dangers of ahamkara that is ego vyasdi says hearing this narayana the son of dharma realized the present trouble has arisen entirely due to my ahankara this ahankara that is ego can tear dharma to pieces wise men have said that ahankara is the root of the tree of the world when the damsels from heaven came to tempt me i should have maintained the vow of silence but i communicated with them and fell into the trap of ego and created all those apsaras i am now caught in the web of my own creation like a spider now i must think carefully what i should do if i ignore their request they will certainly curse me and leave then i can settle down to severe austerities and penance in this forest therefore this seems to be a correct decision the second great enemy is anger it causes untold hardships to those who come under its influence people have declared anger to be more dangerous than lust and greed in anger people also commit murder which is the source of hell just as trees rubbing together cause a fire in which they themselves get burnt so also the heat generated by anger ultimately burns up the body all these fears hovered over his head like black clouds and he has greatly distressed then his younger brother nara began to advise him nara said narayana you are most fortunate and auspicious stay away from anger become peaceful in your mind and remove this ego you might recall that once before we came under the powerful influence of ego and broke our tapasya we had also fallen into the trap of anger and had fought with daityaraj king of demons prahlad for a full 1000 divine years we suffered from extreme hardships then so please renounce your anger and become peaceful the sages have declared peace to be the root cause and the only object of tapasya hearing his brother's advice dharmanandan narayana became peaceful janmaje asked o oh great muni a doubt has arisen in my mind prahlada was a great soul and a devotee of bhagwan vishnu his mind was always at peace then why was there a war between him and naranarayana in ancient times the two sons of dharma were tapasvis whose minds never got disturbed or agitated then what caused the war between them prahlada was a dharma dharmatma of the highest order full of wisdom and divine knowledge and a foremost devotee of shri vishnu nara and narayana were also endowed with these qualities also they never spoke an untruth and yet there was a conflict between them it appears that religion and ascetism tapasya and dharma were just actions performed superficially 1 lakh years of severe ascetism were rendered useless by just one act 
ऑफ अधर्म एक्ट ऑफ अहंकार इफ दीज टू ऋषिज कुड नॉट कॉन्कर देर अहंकार देन हाउ कैन वी मेयर मॉटल्स subjugate our ahankara i am now quite convinced that in this universe no one has ever been free from ahankara that is ego nor will anyone be free of it in the future it is easier to free oneself from the bondage of iron or wooden chains than to escape the clutches of ahankara ego just as the rising sun dispels darkness so also the seed of ahankara germinates and devours all the punyas if such spiritually evolved beings could not gain victory victory over their ahankaras what will happen to ordinary beings like me vyasji says bharata it is certain that the effect cannot be different from the cause for example gold and golden earrings though different in form have the same causal that is gold thread is the cause of cloth so also this universe has sprung from ahankara therefore it cannot be free from ahankara all these moving and unmoving universe including a blade of grass is fashioned out of trigunatmaka maya so the wise recognize every phenomenon as unreal ahankara gives birth to lust that is ego gives birth to lust anger greed and attachment under their influence man has no control over his actions janmaje said they are really great souls who have been able to free themselves of these powerful influences those who have renounced desires and attachments and who have conquered their senses have won a victory over all the three lokas the foolish man always has his eyes on the honey but does not see that dangerous place from which it comes he loses all fear of hell please tell me the ancient story of the war it is common for wars to be fought over wealth or women and nar and narayana were beyond these wises and so was prahlada so what was the cause please tell me in detail suji says vyasji began his narration to satisfy the curiosity of janmajer vyasji said oh king when the fearful hiranyakashipu died his son prahlad was crowned king he was a devotee of the devas and a protector of brahmins during his reign yagyas were performed with all the procedures and protocols the brahmins were supported in their performances of tapasya spreading of dharma and visiting places of pilgrimage the traders did their business of buying and selling and the shudras served everyone the lord narsimha had ordered prahlad to settle in patala so he ruled his kingdom there and cared for his subjects it happened a long time ago the great tapasvi chaivanji son of priju went to the holy river narmada to have a bathe 
This holy place is also known as Vishwarishwara Tirtha. As he was going down to steps to the river Reva, a Venamana snake caught hold of him and dragged him down to Patala Muni. Jayavan was filled with terror and he began to remember Deva, Adi Deva, Bhagwan Vishnu. In his mind, he began to recite the holy names of the Lord. No sooner he had started than all the poison from the serpent's body vanished. This filled the snake with fear and apprehension that his great ascetic would put a curse on him. He went, he sent all the beautiful Nagakanyas, serpent maidens to perform puja to the Muni. Then Chaivanji entered the abode of demons of Nagas. One day Muni Chaivan was cut, was out walking in that country when Prahlad, king of Daityas, spotted him. Prahlada offered him obeisance and inquired, Bhagwan, how is it you have come here? Please do tell me. Indra bears enmity towards us. Can it be that he has sent you here to spy on our kingdom? Oh, twice-born one, please tell me the truth. Chaivan Muni said, I have nothing to gain from Indra. That would make me come as his spy. Please know what Please know that I am the son of Brigu and my name is Chaiwan. I am blessed with eyes that have divine perception. Do not for a moment think that I have been sent by Indra. I had gone to bathe in the holy river Narmada when a great snake caught hold of me. I immediately called mind in my mind Bhagwan Sri Vishnu who caused the snake to lose all his venom. Then it good fortune of good of your darshan. O king of Daityas, you are a devotee of Sri Vishnu and you must recognize me also as a devotee. Vyasti says, Chahevan Muni spoke in a very sweet and pleasing manner. Prahlada began to ask him about all the holy places that he had visited. Prahlada asked, O Munivara, how many holy places are there on earth? Also tell, tell me about the holy places that exist in heaven and in Patala, nether regions. Chaivan Muni said, O king, the person who has a pure mind, word and body, for him every step is a tirtha. For the corrupted and defiled man, the Ganga even seems more unholy than Maghad. If the mind and attention is purified, then all his filth and impurities leave him, and all places become auspicious and holy by his presence. Otherwise, there are many holy spots along the banks of the river Ganga. Besides this, there are also a lot of little villages and hamlets, which have sprung up. O oh, king, these places are also inhabited by primitive tribes, Fishermen, Huns, a tribe of Mongols, some tribes of Bengal, Khas, ancient tribes of Gharwal, and others who are all low-born persons who indulge in sinful lifestyles. But, O oh, sinless king, not a king, not a single person there dies in a state of purity and grace. 
A man whose body and mind are filthy, what can he benefit from a Tirthasthana, holy place? In such a situation, the mind should be considered the main cause, nothing else. Those who are desirous of getting cleansed should first of all purify their attention and their mind, even before setting out for the holy place. If his mind is full of deceit, then even in a holy place he is considered a sinner. Sins committed in a holy place bear extremely harmful fruit. Therefore, a man who visits a holy place should first cleanse his mind and attention. The material body automatically gets cleansed. There is no doubt in this. Similarly, the conduct should also be clean and dharmic. Then one becomes completely holy. One must not commit despicable acts in a holy place, nor should they keep company with immoral people. One should be compassionate to all. Oh, king, if you still want to know, I can tell you of a holier place. The foremost is an ancient forest called Naimasharanya. Then there is a Chakra Tirtha and Pushkar Tirtha and many more on the earth. It is not possible to name all. Vyasi says, Hearing this, Prahalada decided to go to Naimasharanya, filled with joy and gave orders to his German subjects. Prahalada said, Most fortunate Daityas, arise. Today we will proceed to Naimasharanya. There he will have a darshan of Bhagwan Sri Hari. Dressed in Pitambara, that is yellow silk, he will be seated on his throne. Vyasji says, All the Daityas rejoiced and a big horde of Daityas and Danuvas left Patala. On reaching Naimasharanya, they all took a customary bath. Then they visited all the holy places there. They beheld the most sacred Saraswati river. The water was clear and pure. Prahlada's heart began to swell with great joy. He bathed in its pure waters and completed the rituals and the giving of alms. That most holy place became the cause of great happiness and joy to Prahlada. Vyasji says, after completing all the rituals, Prahlada saw before him a huge banyan tree giving extensive shade. He noticed a lot of arrows lying there. They were of different designs and all had the features of vultures at the end. They had been sharpened so much, they were shining. Seeing, his, seeing this, Prahlada began to wonder, whoever these arrows belong to, what can cause him to stay in the vicinity of rishis, ashrams and holy places? He had hardly thought this when there came into sight the sons of Dharma, Nara and Narayana. They were dressed in the skin of black and chilok. Their matted hair was wound on top of their heads. Lying in the front of them were two shining bows. Bearing powerful emblems, these bows were known as Shrung and Ajgav, bows of Lord Vishnu. There were also two quivers filled with many arrows. The two rishis were in deep meditation. Seeing this, Prahlad's eyes became red with anger. He addressed them, What is this hypocrisy? 
This is what is destroying dharma and turning it into dust. This kind of situation has neither been seen nor heard in the whole world. On, on the one side, there is intense tapasya and on the other, the hands are lifting bows and arrows. This was never considered fit even in the past ages. When Brahmins are engaged in doing tapasya, where is the need for them to possess weapons? When a person wears a jetta on the head and then carries weapons also, it is only display of arrogance. You are both divine personalities. It is fitting for you to observe dharmic conduct. Vyasji says, O king, hearing Prahlad's words, Narayana replied, King of Daityas, why are you showing unnecessary interest in us and our tapasya? We are samhat, give complete meaning to ourselves. The whole world knows this. War and tapasya, we have an involvement in both. There is nothing you can do about it. It is better for you to leave. Do not indulge into idle chatter. One gets divine affligence. Brahma Tej, after very severe penance and tapasya. Those who desire happiness should not cast aspersions on a Brahmi. Prahlad said, O oh, Tapasvis, you are being conceited and arrogant for no reason. I am the king of the Daityas and the support of Dharma. It is improper for you to insult me in such a holy place. O oh, great ascetic, what powers do you have? Come and show it on the field of battle. Vyasi says, Prahalada was a matchless warrior. He took a vow that no matter how many boons these tapasvis had received and no matter how much they had conquered their senses, he would somehow defeat them. Vyasi says, Prahalada picked up his bow and strung it. Then he pulled it and it made a great resounding noise. Naran also picked up his bows and fixed one of the sharp arrows. Filled with anger, he shot all the arrows at Prahlad, who in turn used his brilliantly colored arrows to slice through the arrows sent by Nara. Seeing this, Nara shot five quick arrows and wounded Prahlada in the arm. Indra and the other gods came on their vahanas to witch the fight from the skies. By turns they applauded the two warriors. Prahalada's arrows came quick and fast like rain from the cloud. Then Narayana picked up his huge bow shrung and fixed a golden feathered arrow on it. This time, all Prahlada's arrows were shot to pieces by Narayana. At that time, the eternal Lord Sri Hari and incarnated in the house of Dharma as his sons of Nara and Narayana. He it was who stood in front of Prahlada, who was raining arrows on him. Narayana let loose a shower of razor, sharp arrows, which caused deep injuries to Prahlada. Vyasji says, the fierce fighting continued. Narayana broke Prahlada's bow and he quickly picked up a new one. That too was broken by Narayana. In this way, he broke many bows. 
Then Pralada picked up a spear and threw it at Narayana's arm. But before it could reach him, Narayana cut it with nine arrows. And with the tenth arrow, he injured Pralada. Then Prahlada picked up an iron mace and hit it on the thigh of Narayana. But Narayana stood steady as a rock. The mace also was broken to pieces by Narayana. Prahlada threw a sword at Narayana, which he cut into seven pieces with an arrow. Then he aimed seven arrows at Prahlada. The fierce fighting continued for one thousand years and he and would not end. Then Bhagwan Vishnu appeared in that ashram. He was in his divine form with four arms. He wore yellow silk cloth. In his four arms he bore the Shanka, Chakra, Gada and Padma. He set his holy feet in the ashram of Prahlada. Prahlada was overcome with joy. He folded his hands and bowed his head in worship. Prahlada said, Madhava, you are worshipped even by the gods. You govern the entire creation. It is your nature to be compassionate to your devotees. Lord, please tell me why I have not been able to defeat these two tapasvis. I have been fighting with them for a thousand years and have not been able to defeat them. Bhagwan Vishnu said, O noble soul, these are divine personalities. They are partial incarnations of myself. So you should not wander. They are completely self-controlled and they are known as Nara and Narayana. You cannot be victorious over them. Therefore, O King, return to Patala. Install me in your heart and always meditate upon me. It is undesirable to get into conflict with these tapasvis. Vyasji says, Prahlada, immediately obeyed Sri Vishnu. He took all his daityas and demons and returned to Patala. Nara and Narayana resumed their tapasya. Our Shatkoti Koti Pranam of Darshan, Sri Vishnu himself. Here ends chapters 7, 8 and 9. Namaste to all our listeners of Devi Bhagwat. Have a blissful day.